This episode of the OrthoBullets podcast will go over the topic of the posterior approach to the shoulder. From the shoulder approaches subsection, under the approaches topic, on orthobullets.com. So as a quick overview, the posterior approach to the shoulder is infrequently used. However, when it is used, this approach offers access to the posterior and inferior aspects of the shoulder. Indications of the posterior approach to the shoulder include proximal humerus fracture dislocations, glenoid fractures slash osteotomy, removal of loose bodies, irrigation and debridement of a septic joint, and or scapular neck fractures. Now let's go over the internervous plane in the posterior approach to the shoulder. So the internervous plane is between the teres minor, which is innervated by the axillary nerve, and the infraspinatus, which is innervated by the suprascapular nerve. Again, the internervous plane of the posterior approach to the shoulder is between the teres minor, which is innervated by the axillary nerve, and the infraspinatus, which is innervated by the suprascapular nerve. In terms of preparation for the posterior approach to the shoulder, anesthesia is generally in the form of a general anesthetic. As far as the table, a radiolucent flat top table is typically used. And with respect to patient positioning, prone is the most common, however lateral or beach chair can also be used. Now let's talk about the approach in the posterior approach to the shoulder. So starting with the incision, the patient is positioned in the lateral decubitus position with the ipsilateral arm drape free. And the incision is made along the scapular spine extending to the lateral acromial border. Moving on to the superficial dissection, attention must be paid to the superficial skin vessels as these can bleed significantly. The origin of the deltoid is then released from the scapular spine. The plane between the deltoid and the infraspinatus is encountered and bluntly developed. This is typically easiest to find at the lateral aspect of the incision. The deltoid is then retracted distally slash laterally. Moving on to deep dissection, the interval between the infraspinatus, which again is innervated by the suprascapular nerve, and the teres minor, which again is innervated by the axillary nerve, is bluntly developed. This is often difficult to find, but should be done carefully. Remember to retract the infraspinatus superiorly and the teres minor inferiorly to expose the posterior glenoid and scapular neck. Now let's end this review session talking about some dangers of the posterior approach to the shoulder. And the two potential dangers are to the suprascapular nerve and the axillary nerve. The suprascapular nerve passes around the base of the scapular spine, and so make sure that you do not retract the infraspinatus too vigorously. The axillary nerve runs through the quadrangular space beneath the teres minor, so make sure to stay superior to the teres minor. Keep in mind that the axillary nerve is accompanied by the posterior circumflex humeral artery. So again, to review the dangers of the posterior approach to the shoulder, remember that the suprascapular nerve passes around the base of the scapular spine, so make sure you do not retract the infraspinatus too vigorously. And the axillary nerve runs through the quadrangular space beneath the teres minor, so make sure that you stay superior to the teres minor. And finally, remember that the axillary nerve is accompanied by the posterior circumflex humeral artery. Okay, so now that we've gone over the major points about this topic, let's go over one quick question to apply the information and get a sense of how this topic has been tested on past exams. A 28-year-old football player sustained a displaced posterior glenoid fossa fracture. He elects to undergo open reduction and internal fixation using a posterior approach to the shoulder. What intermuscular interval should be used to expose the posterior glenoid? And the choices are one, deltoid and teres minor, 
Two, Teres Minor and Infraspinatus. Three, Superspinatus and Infraspinatus. Four, Deltoid and Superspinatus. And five, Teres Minor and Teres Major. The correct answer to this question is two, Teres Minor and Infraspinatus. So the posterior approach to the shoulder utilizes the intramuscular plane between the teres minor, which is innervated by the axillary nerve, and infraspinatus, which is innervated by the suprascapular nerve. To quickly review, the posterior approach to the shoulder offers access to the posterior and inferior aspects of the shoulder. The incision is made along the scapular spine, extending to the lateral acromial border. The superficial dissection utilizes the interval between the deltoid and infraspinatus. The deltoid is usually retracted distally and laterally. In the deep dissection, the interval between the infraspinatus, innervated by the suprascapular nerve, and teres minor, innervated by the axillary nerve, is utilized. The infraspinatus is retracted superiorly and the teres minor inferiorly to expose the posterior glenoid and scapular neck. Anavian et al. retrospectively reviewed 33 patients with displaced intraarticular fractures of the glenoid who were treated surgically. All patients had radiographic union of the fracture at follow-up. 87% of patients were pain-free at the time of follow-up. So just a quick word about the incorrect answers. Answer 1, 3, 4, and 5 are incorrect as the traditional posterior approach to the shoulder utilizes the intramuscular plane between the teres minor, innervated by the axillary nerve, and the infraspinatus, innervated by the suprascapular nerve. That's all for this review about the posterior approach to the shoulder. Hopefully that was helpful. This is the OrthoBullets podcast, a daily audio review session by OrthoBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for orthopedic surgery education. Keep in mind that these podcasts are designed to go along with the topics on orthobullets.com. And in fact, you can listen to these episodes right on the OrthoBullets website or app while going through the topic. If you've gotten any value from the OrthoBullets podcast so far, please consider leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks so much, and we'll see you all tomorrow.